Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. What we thought we'd do is something a little bit special today. Instead of doing a regular news show, we're going to do a collection review. So I'm going to start with mine this week, and then you'll have to tune in next week for Chris's. Before we start, Chris, how have you been? Ah, very good. Excellent. And you? Yeah, yeah, I've not been too bad. I'm, I'm looking forward to this as well. There's a lot that, um, a few things that are new in the collection, and then I would say some that have left the collection, which I suppose we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, well. I'm kind of uh, interested in in all of that, yeah. <laughs> Should we get started then? Sure. So so I guess, yeah, I guess to get started, let's maybe talk about what recently left, what's the most recent thing that left the collection? Yeah, yeah, we could start there. Also, just obviously we've got to apologize to the audio listeners. We'll do our best to explain this, but this would be a great time to head on over to Casual Watch, to- Casual Watch Review's website to see the video version of this if you've never seen it before. But I'll try and explain the watches as best as I can for the audio listeners. What's left? Well, first, the last one that I sold was the Breitling, the Breitling B one that I mm-hmm. had, the Annie Digi. Mm-hmm. So that's out of the collection now? Yeah, I really liked it, but I wasn't wearing it, to be honest. Okay. Nothing wrong with it. It was it was on the larger side, but it, it's still very comfortable with that mm-hmm. bracelet. But yeah, I wasn't really wearing it. The other thing that... It's like little things, isn't it, the build-up? But the thing that I didn't like about it was that it's not very legible. The, the ha- because the dial is so busy mm-hmm. and the silver hands mm-hmm. on the grey dial, it wasn't that legible. Mm-hmm. And I just found myself looking at the Annie Digi all the time. Right, and then you're like, at that the, point, the you're time, like, at that so. point, you're like, why not G-Shock? <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything is a progression, isn't right. it? And it did make me think that I really i am changing my mind a lot about quartz watches, mm-hmm. and I really wanted a high-precision quartz watch, mm-hmm. which led to me then using the money to buy the Seiko, which we'll talk about okay. shortly. Okay, okay. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I think for my collection, the pandemic had a big impact. There was a point last year at this time where I think you and I talked about it a little bit, which was a sort of a what-does-it-all-mean point in our collections so because i feel like before that you were wearing that brightling all the time like 20 you know as soon as you got it like what 2020 you were like as soon as you picked that up you know yeah you're right i was wearing it a lot but what was funny this has also left the collection i was wearing that remember that citizen field watch that yeah, i had that, that Jap- japan only that one. titanium one yep mm-hmm yeah, the titanium mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I really liked that. The bracelet was awful, <laughs> but I, I actually, I actually quite liked the watch. But then it was funny because what triggered the its demise mentally for me? I was wearing that the most during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that the minute hand didn't go all the way to the edge, and somebody pointed it out. Who I won't mention who he is, <laughs> but uh, TJ knows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Some someone, someone particular. I'll never, I'll never yeah, say who yeah. said it. Someone very particular about indices and and. And the number and the exact moment uh, that they have, yes. (laughs) That did actually, that really did bother me. Once I started thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, it is falling short. And it just threw the dial off for me. So I was selling that one, sold that one. I'll say too, I think he ruined, uh, you know, while we're into, you know, (laughs) I think he ruined... uh, the uh the the mecha quartz the one the movements that use the uh the 24 hour hand it's tough it's tough so like the new state goes cool but but 
for me that that was like oh that's kind of a waste of a dial or at least of a waste of a sub dial if you will oh it is yeah we were going to be releasing that review soon cool. hopefully it'll either come cool. out before this or shortly after so yeah so brightling's out citizens out and then i must have sold some others I, i'm buying and selling them all the time i'm I'm awful with it i never there's only a few that have stayed stayed in the collection everything else is especially with us moving house mm. the the only thing you won't see here in this collection is i haven't got the rolex here in the apartment so i have okay got that here okay. to show have you to go, but I go get the special go get the go get the safe go get the i don't like to keep it in the yeah. house it's, uh, Oh, I don't like to, especially because we're in an apartment and I haven't, there's no safe or anything right, here. Right, so. right, yeah. Not so interesting. I took a look at my sort of Instagram collection review and it is fascinating to me the way you have collected and the way I have. I feel I probably have more of a traditional uh, build-up, whereas you are more like the flipper. <laughs> and you fl- and I think you flipped I mean I think you flipped some pretty b- I mean that you had a Tudor you had a uh, Black Bay that that just came and went and some other some other heavy hitters that came and went so yeah the Speedmaster I, I, I suppose flipping is the wrong term because I've never made any money on a watch True. the only the only watch I've ever made money on was the Speedmaster, yeah. and that's only because I had it for ten and, years. And and you um, had that, but everything and else. And then you is... had that mega service too. You had it mega serviced, and so it was like yeah, fresh on overhauled. the service, completely overhauled. So that's yeah, I totally get that. No, and I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. I meant that as more of a you uh, will enjoy, spend time with, experience. And and kind of move on for whatever reason, whether it's you know like you said like a subdial or you're just you're not wearing it anymore or or you know value changes or opinion changes things like that. So yeah, not in a bad way, but it, it, interesting. And this is typical or not typical, but like it's in fitting with your YouTube review mentality and style that you've had. So it kind of lines up. So uh, what have we got? What have we got today? Well, first up, really quick, I'll just go through the ones that are the keepers in the collection, and I'll go through these quickly. But first of all, what you're looking at here is a vintage Timex watch, and this was my grandfather's, so this is very important to me. It does still work. It's not actually running here. I don't know how to set the date on it, to be perfectly honest, but it it's a good example of those very small. I think it's probably maybe pushing 36 mm. mil. It- but just goes to show you how those watches mm. in the 50s, 60s, it, and 70s were that small. It size. might not have a uh, quick set date. You might have to go <laughs> around. I mean, this is, yeah, 1950s tech. You might have to go around the 12 a bunch of times to get it on the right day. What's the couple of things that are interesting about this? Well, first of all, it belonged to my gra- grandfather, so it's very precious to me. I had an American grandfather and a, a British grandfather, and this belonged to my American grandfather. Except it's the funny thing is, is it's one of those Timexes that was made in Great Britain, oh. so it actually says Great Britain <laughs> on the inside of it. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting. And yeah, going back to the quick set, it's got a day date as well, oh. and I've never been able to work out oh. how to do it. Oh, okay, how to get hmm. the day and the date. But uh, mm. anyway, so that's that one. And then I'll just quickly cycle through this next one. This one is a CWC watch. This is the CWC 
G10 as it's affectionately known, but it's essentially the CWC. This one is old enough to be one that was issued. Mm -hmm. So it was issued to a British service member in the late 80s, early 90s. I wore it for a long time. I wore it for probably, before I properly got into watches, which was probably about five or six years Mm. ago, I guess I wore this from the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s right up to the point where I gave it to my Mm father-in-law. Unfortunately, he passed away and it came back in my collection. But these things, I've mentioned this countless times on the channel before. If you go to the CWC website now, which is now owned by a company called Silverman's, they bought the rights, the Cabot Watch Company. Mm -hmm. They're selling these for $300 and I got this one for £40. Mm -hmm. There was a time when you went to antiques, fairs you went on ebay you could pick these up for 20 pounds mm-hmm. 40 pounds you never paid any because there was just loads mm-hmm. of them around mm-hmm. and i wish that I'd, I'd got more but this is in great condition it's missing some of the loom mm-hmm. from the hands a little bit but it's still still working it's not one that i wear it's it's on the smaller side i think this is 36 it looks good on a bund strap I probably would wear it on a bun strap. My wife's worn it a bit as well. Cool. Okay. And then final, just cycling through these ones that are the definite keepers is this next one is, this next one is a 19, I think it's 1976. This is my British grandfather's watch. And this is a very early Casio LCD watch. Cool. Still, still works like the day it was made the, there's some scratches on the glass, but it overall it's in fantastic condition. And he wore this all the time. I'm amazed it's still working. Hmm. You know, an LCD watch from the 70s. Right. Yeah. One of the one of the early yeah early Casio LCD ones. So it just shows you that how well Casio watches are made. Really. Cool. Okay. So those are the three. Those are the three keepers. The ones that I always cover. Let's get started with the actual wearing collection right. should we say and the first one is one that you know very very mm. well and this is the uh what we affectionately called the ultimate turtle mm-hmm. this was a save the ocean i don't know whether the limited edition but it was a save the ocean turtle let me just get the i feel like i mean yeah lines. i think it was i mean not this i mean not lim- limited per se I, I mean it's a hard to get dial now <laughs> those there's yeah yeah, it wasn't numbered limited, right. but it was that season. Mm-hmm. It was the release that year mm-hmm. of the Save the Ocean. I think this is the best one they ever did with that black to brown dial. Dial on this is is insanely good. And then you very kindly modded it for me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You've had a lot. You know, it's interesting. You with this one in particular, you you your preferences for you know you you it came out definitely in this watch and so it's it's cool that you've you've kept it and and kept it around so you definitely like what you like so as far as like we went through three sets of hands on it uh there was you know some some sort of con, you know some continual uh adjustment regulation that's what we kind of started with because it it just needed to be a little bit you know i don't think i think i'm a sharper accuracy person than you are but you just can't like when it got to like 15 i think it was like 30 seconds or something you were like i can't do it <laughs> so uh yeah and and uh, yeah i think it has a great looking dial 
I think the the hands that you found, um, those Marine Master style hands, Primo, and and they're hard to get with you know the the loom correct and the finishing correct, and I mean yeah I, th- I mean you you paid a you paid a little bit for those for those better for the nicer loom and the nicer hands. And I was uh, definitely terrified pressing them on because those uh, Seiko hands, they can go on and off like twice. <laughs> so, Yeah, you're right. I found this place. I don't know even how I found it, where it's this guy, I think he's in Sweden or Norway, mm-hmm. and he only sells these hands. And they are perfect. They have a bevel down the middle. They're much better than the Marine Master mm-hmm. hands that you can buy in most places where they're flat. It's got a, they've got a real texture to them. It's gorgeous. Mm. And then the domed sapphire crystal. Mm-hmm. And then we completely replaced the movement for the, N, the NH36 mm-hmm. so it doesn't have its original movement in. Still runs great. I've got it on this, my favorite yeah. Uncle Seiko razor wire strap, which I think, razor wire bracelet, which I think suits this perfectly. Yeah, cool, cool. Next up on the list is one from... The boys over at Veya, and this is the Veya Tropic or Veya Tropical dial watch. So this is running the Miyota 9015, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. This is from Ryan and Reagan over at Veya Watches. This was their first diver. Has a very unusual dial, similar, sort of pays homage to a vintage Jaeger Cultura watch. Mm-hmm. Runs great, Dome Sapphire. Mm got a gorgeous ceramic bezel with loom inlay i've got it on a nato here it did come with a bracelet but i wasn't crazy about the bracelet it came with mm-hmm. so i've always had it either on a tropic or a nato mm-hmm. yeah no pretty unique dial on that and uh cool to see it stick around you uh and as revealed in our last show i'm i'm admitted uh admitted uh walking away from uh the dive watches and you've got you've already opened you opened with two two big ones so <laughs> yes yeah i have then oh next up is what i find i'd reviewed a couple of christopher ward watches and then they did a sale mm. and i think i picked this watch up for less than 800 dollars, but it was worth its original price mm-hmm. which i think was around a thousand dollars but this is the this is the c60 beautiful blue dial ceramic bezel this is christopher ward and just incredible mm. the the way that the, the value for money with yeah. christopher ward watches i know we keep it's, going on about it on the um the podcast it, it's interesting this is this really kicked off the cw stuff for the channel for me for you know so this is this is the uh the entry point where you know you pick this up and it was on it was on their sale and yeah, you, I mean, once you had it, you were like, you guys have to take a look at this stuff. You guys have to, you know, you have to take a, a second glance at this. Let's take a look. So it kind of opened up, opened up for us. And uh, yeah, that's what kind of kicked off the casual watch CW talk. The great thing about this is it's using the Salita SW200. I would like it if it was a bit more regulated. This isn't one of their cost one, cost ones, and it's running about 10 seconds fast mm. a day. Mm-hmm which I would prefer it if it was less than mm-hmm. that, uh, to be honest. But the things I love about it, the blue color, that light catcher case, the bracelet has the diver's extension on it, which is so useful, especially in the heat. Mm-hmm. 
you can extend it, it really easy. There's like a little latch on the clasp that you just can extend larger. Mm-hmm. The the true, the great thing with Christopher Ward is that it's a sim, the simple designs, but very well executed. Mm-hmm. So the dial on here looks quite simple, but the way that the hands are finished, uh, the hour hand, you look like you could cut yourself mm-hmm. on it. The, the way that the indices are finished with the polishing and the brushing and the chamfering, the second hand, the overall execution, I think they're one of the best value mm-hmm. Swiss watches mm-hmm. that you can buy yeah. that, I've, that, I've ever, that I've ever reviewed on the channel. Yeah. And I've reviewed hundreds of watches on the channel, and I still think Christopher Ward offers some of the best value. I'd reviewed a couple of Christopher Wards. I've reviewed that World Timer, mm-hmm. if you remember. Yeah. And then I also reviewed their I also reviewed their Sealander mm-hmm. watch as well, which has a similar dial mm-hmm. to this. And that's what really sold me on this. And I didn't realize that this watch came in different sizes. So they do different versions. This is the 40 mil, mm-hmm. but they do a, a 42 mil in this as well. So this is perfect. It's got the 20 mil lug width. Looks great on. It's not a strap monster per se, because there's some straps like flat leather ones right. and flat other plus, ones that plus, doesn't really enhance Plus that it. blue, sometimes sometimes I feel like I'm committing a crime putting a uh, a black strap on a blue watch, but... <laughs> but Yeah, I'm funny with... It's a good job that this isn't a watch strap review because then that would take me absolutely <laughs> ages to do the, the watch strap review. Yeah, yeah. So impressed with Christopher Ward. This isn't... I know people... Even somebody commented in our last video like, are you sponsored yeah, by Christopher yeah. Ward? Or like, I wish I, we yeah, were. Yeah, We'd yeah. love a sponsorship from Christopher Ward. But, uh, no, this... this. I mean, it's, you know, it's good to see like this. This is the one that kind of captured our your imagination, ca- you know, captured our attention and, uh, you know, focused, uh, focused that. This is also, I would say, right when they started to get their design language really dialed in you know so yeah. we like uh we like everything I they're totally doing agree. We like everything they don't yeah absolutely well before we get to the the latest edition let's just quickly go over the two swatch watches that chris warned me that i was going to become a huge swatch watch collector <laughs> and i've been very he's, very careful he's been uh you're building a new house, so I mean, you got that special, you know, Swatch Museum. Uh, you are you going right off the garage with that, or are you? <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I, I've been very good with this Swatch watches, and I think it's because I've only I've only bought them when they've meant something. So I think this one that we're looking at now is one that summed up i think 2020 for me mm-hmm. and it's the tokyo olympics mm-hmm. that says 2020 mm-hmm. on it they don't sell this one anymore and they sold out of these pretty fast mm-hmm. and i think it just summed up because if as everyone's aware they canceled right. the 2020 these, tokyo these, olympics. Uh, it did happen in 2020 right these games did not happen in 2020 exactly and I think uh, Lee over on the Facebook group, he collects these Olympic ones as well. But as you can see, it says Tokyo 2020. And I bought it in 2020 as soon as the games were officially cancelled. Because the good thing with watches is not only the history the watch has, but the association that you bring mm-hmm. to it. And, and that kind of summed up 2020 for yeah. me. And then the, on- the only other Swatch I currently own <laughs> air is quotes. the <laughs> air quotes is this one. And this is this is a... a a pretty important swatch mm-hmm. and i bought it 
as an as an investment and this is the the mickey dot watch mm. and this was made by damien hurst mm-hmm. damien hurst the famous artist if anybody's not familiar with damien hurst he was very famous for he he cut a cow in half and put it in formaldehyde there's actually damien hurst in the palms in vegas mm. there's a shark that's split into three mm. So Damien Hirst has this style, Another his painting style is to do with dots, and some of his works are just just dots, polka dots. But he made a Mickey Mouse out of dots. So I'm a big Disney fan, people on po- podcast know. And so this was, this was perfect. This was the one, this was a limited edition, and there was another one that was even more scarce than this. It was ruthless we were waited up till midnight to try and oh, buy geez. one on the swatch site and the site crashed oh that's right and they were gone oh, in yeah, seconds yeah yeah that, that's so i was really annoyed about yeah. that yeah it was it was i was really annoyed about that and they made also a somebody who is a viewer of the show sent me a picture in i'm not sure if i can find it if i can you you're looking at it now of they made a maxi version of the other swatch so there was a damien hearst maxi oh. clock Walk oh right okay if i can find one on ebay now i'll flash it up but those go for i've seen them go for five thousand dollars eight thousand dollars i mean this is serious business so i'm keeping this one i can't remember whether there was i think it was a limited edition of four thousand and the other one might have been 400 but they they have done other limited edition mickey watches Mm -hmm. in fact they did a keith harring ones most Mm -hmm. recently I, i like keith harring as an artist but i wasn't crazy about the way they did the swatches so i didn't go for mm-hmm. that so those are my two my two swatch watches that i have in the collection nice if you've seen microbrand reviews on the channel a lot of those i actually give away to people mm-hmm. so there's a microbrand that went to a friend of mine mark who lives in thailand mm-hmm. he also he also had off me the Walbrook skin diver. Oh, right. So I had that Walbrook skin diver that you modified. Mm-hmm. So that's gone to a very good home. Oh, that's cool. gone to Mark actually wears that a lot. And then also I sent him another watch and I can't remember. It was one of the Spinnaker ones mm-hmm. that I reviewed, mm-hmm. one of the Spinnaker compressor style watches. So those are other watches that you might have seen. And then last on the list here is the brand new the Seiko Speed Timer. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it here on an Uncle Uncle Seiko razor wire. This is the new newest addition to the collection that I'm just about to publish the review on it. When I publish the review, there'll be a link at the top of this. Mm, nice. I, I really like this watch. We've talked about me selling watches for like right. nitpicky reasons yeah. and things build up, and I'm I'm resisting mentally this watch. <laughs> I to me. I think it could be a little bit bigger, but I'm stopping myself from obsessing about mm-hmm. it because when I spoke to TJ about it, who owns the black version of this, he was like, just wear it because you'll notice that it's the correct size for your wrist. It fits right. really well. But I think because I'm so used to seeing larger chronographs from Seiko. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you're just used to a larger, you know, if you're, you know, if you're used to a, you're wearing a Panerai all day and then you you know you flip over to a 1970 Seiko you're like where did where did the watch go <laughs> well yeah and the watch itself is not is is a very similar size to the Christopher Ward mm-hmm. but i think what what does it what makes me mentally think that it's smaller is the short lug width it's got right. quite a short lug right. width 
whereas the Christopher Ward's got quite a long look mm-hmm. width. I've taken it off its metal bracelet. Was not crazy about that metal mm-hmm. bracelet at all that it comes yeah. with. It, the clasp only has two points of micro adjustment on it, which I think is a shame. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that they released the mechanical at the same time, and the mechanical one also uses that same bracelet, but the mechanical one is like three thousand yeah, wow. dollars, and I'm not quite sure what with they're the, going with for the there. same bracelet. That's same wow. bracelet that's on this. It looks very similar. Just, now, now I feel like I'm getting a deal if I get the quartz one, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, oh, I got that. I got the same bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. This is the blue one. They do a white. They do a gold. But they've done a fantastic job of this. The bezel looks ceramic, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it is. But they've used a dome sapphire on there. They've not used the hard legs. The way the Seiko do such an amazing job of the dials, but there's an applied logo on there. I agree with you about the 24-hour indicator, Mm -hmm. actually. But it does have a running second, so I give it a pass. I hate Mm -hmm. seeing the buy compacts where there's no running seconds. Oh, right, yeah. Now, they don't specifically they don't specifically say this is Mecha Quartz and it hasn't got a VK mm-hmm. denotion mm-hmm. on there, but I'm just set the chronograph off now and you'll see it is ticking like a mechanical watch. Mm-hmm. I think it does five ticks per second. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. So there you go. So those are mainly, that's mainly the core collection there of the watches that I've that I currently own. I probably wear the Christopher Ward Turtle and the new Seiko the most. Yeah. I also have a G-Shock that, I'm, that I've not got here. I use that as an alarm clock. That's the one that I modded to have the metal case. Mm, right. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a cool... Yeah. Uh, with the Alibaba metal that's case right. on yeah. there. Did you... Now, do you think that you are going to keep the the rolex is an investment do you think you're going to crack it out of the box or you're you're just going to keep it as an investment no i just i've just kept it as an investment first of all it doesn't have the date on it and you know i'm a big uh, sucker for the date what got me thinking about buying a watch for an investment because i know that's a it's probably a difficult subject most people can't can't understand why you would buy a watch as an investment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was having a conversation with a uh, somebody i used to work with and they'd got really into investing in precious stones gemstones and i've got investments in crypto in stocks Mm -hmm. and i understand those and he was pitching this idea to me oh you should and i was i said to him well it's interesting but i don't understand it and he's like well what do you understand i'm like well i understand watches and he's like well why don't you invest in watches then and that's what got me thinking about it so i actually yeah. liquidated some of my crypto i see and flipped and over to that'll be mm, an interesting yeah. yeah that'll be an interesting um comparison to do especially the way that crypto's crypto's gone at, gone at the moment mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting comparison one day what if i'd kept it in crypto what would it be worth versus i sold um cardano this isn't financial advice but i sold some card cardano that i mm-hmm. had so it'll be interesting to see yeah. how the Rolex has gone on. You know, you know, it's an it's an interesting uh topic to in the in the watch realm. We we kind of talk about it sometimes where you know where you shouldn't, you know, you hear the advice like I you know, there are some YouTube channels that uh that are trading and investing in luxury watches like they are the stock market. And it is four thirty, and the bell is ringing. I mean, that is that is, and and there it is, like a watch collection for, uh, you know, for it to appreciate in value, and 
that sort of level. And then we have a bunch of other channels that may, and, you know, and folks that may say, well, you, sh- you shouldn't really invest in it, you know, because like, oh, it's probably going to lose money or this is going to lose money or that, you know, this sort of thing. And like, and if you had, and as you said, like, had you left that your money in crypto instead of purchasing a Rolex, you know, like what, what would you have done? You know, wh- how would that have gone? But there again, you have the expertise or the understanding of the industry enough of the understanding of the industry to you know to put some money down in the, in the space um i feel it's very similar to uh, almost identical to cars cuz you should not like it's a depreciating asset you're like you're driving around a depreciating asset and this concept that like oh you could make money in cars well there's plenty of people making making money in cars and there's plenty of people that you know have a warehouse with old 90s you know beloved japanese domestic market cars that are going to make a fortune you know um we've got a 25 year rule in the united states and once that is up for like the nissan skyline a classic car from the you know from the 90s that everybody loved those are coming in at like you know 2 300,000 dollars <laughs> in you know in the in crazy condition so it's not i i think that there's some more there and you know maybe there's a a future show here but i think there's some more that that can be talked about that it's not just one or the other it's not just like don't you know don't buy this because it's just going to depreciate and you're gonna lose money and you're a fool kind of thing and also we show that you can do this, but also it's, you know, it's dangerous. You got to know what you're doing. You got to. Yeah. This is you know, not financial advice. Exactly. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's a big, uh, it's a gray area topic that I think the, the, uh, the watch groups or, or the people that I follow and listen to are either sort of in one camp or the other. And I agree. And, and this, this Rolex is not, this is a like a long term investment. I I equally have the utmost disdain for people that buy limited edition watches on Hodinky mm-hmm. the day that they come right. out and then try and flip them straight away mm-hmm. on eBay. This idea that well, it's legal to do it. I mean, there's plenty of things that are legal but mm-hmm. are also like highly immoral. Mm-hmm. Not and I wouldn't even call them flippers. I'd call them scalpers. Yes, you know it really is scalping because they are they're buying they're standing there. They're third in line, and instead of buying one, they'll buy 30, and the 30 people behind them in the back of the line will not be able to buy one, and then they'll turn around and be like, yeah, so I bought 30 for $100, and now I'll be in the parking lot, and these are on sale for $300 a piece. <laughs> so, yeah, scalping. I think Hodinkee have got better at that, haven't they? I think recently they haven't been doing so many crazy ones that I've seen recently. I don't know how that new Timex has mm-hmm. gone. But... Yeah, I mean, I want to see them have a an account login that locks you into one of them. That's I think that's the only way to do it, where it's like you log in with your email address, and I mean, if some crazy person wants to go and make a thousand verified email addresses and go to town with it, great, but also... You know, let's let's sell these things to real people. All right, so we see we've all right, so we've seen your. This is the end of twenty twenty one for for the collection. What um, 
What do you have your eye on for 2022? I think for 2022, I've got a couple of ideas. I would love to, I know I've just talked about my OPB and investment, but if I did, if I did save up for it, I would definitely also like a date just, Mm -hmm. a 41 mil date just with a gray, with a slate gray Mm. dial. I would love Mm -hmm. that. But I think shorter term goal than that, I'm seriously looking at buying a Grand Seiko, mm. whether it's the all quartz mm-hmm. F9 mm-hmm. version or whether it's one of the spring drive ones. I'm just waiting to see what they release mm. this year. Okay. There's nothing that quite... Uh, they, I mean, the good thing as well is they keep their value on oh, yeah. sale. You're not getting like a bargain on a right. used spring drive right. at all. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I've 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 looked. They're uh, they're right there. It's very it's little like maybe, you know, used and uh, what five seven percent in in the used market. It's not a lot, which is great for 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 that. Yeah, I I think that'd be cool because you we're although we uh, beat them up a bunch, we're you know we're we're fans of Seiko, and certainly fans of Grand Seiko. Um. I am with you on the spring drive movement. I'm waiting to see it come into something more my style. And when you guys see my collection, you I kind of feel like I have a style which is which is apparent to some people but not apparent to me. <laughs> so so I guess if they just made like, you know, a, a a spring drive field watch or a spring drive pilot's watch, then I'd be all in. But uh but uh, it, yeah, no, I think the technology is cool, and I'd, I'd uh, definitely, definitely love to get one. Heard a rumor that they are going to be starting to put the spring drive indicator on the back of some of the watches, oh. so it won't be on the dial. Okay. And you're right; I've definitely been looking for that spring drive, maybe the GMT or mm-hmm. something. But I find the current GMTs that they've released, there's something about the design that. I think is it's it's not found its ground mm, yet. Mm-hmm. The Grand Seiko GMTs, mm-hmm. it's not quite found that one design it can hang its hat yeah. on. Yeah, they they've got. Sorry, no. Yeah, they use a bunch of different textures and a bunch of different colors, and I I think maybe just one too many colors. I agree with you because for their sports watch dress watch the snowflake is the definitive version mm-hmm. isn't it but when you think of the the more sportier ones the the gmts that i don't think there's to your part i don't think there's quite a definitive edition of it yeah yet. yeah i'd like to see uh because they had a seiko diver with the spring drive in it and then they had a grand seiko diver and it was a very similar style and i i'm sort of waiting for them to branch out to say like okay this is going to be this is the Grand Seiko style diver that we're going to do, and it's it's going to look on its own. Yeah, cool. Well, guys, let us know in the comments section down below what you think. Next week, we'll be doing Chris's review, so definitely tune in for that. Appreciate you watching and listening, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk.